on Ninja News Japan, I have talked about the Olympics almost endlessly. And I've not actually enjoyed it. Um, on Ninja News Japan, I try to stay factual. So I will talk about the Olympics. I will talk about the facts pertaining to the Olympics. I will talk about the news stories connected to the Olympics that are in the news because that is what that is about. This is not what that's about. This is supposed to be the slightly longer form Velocipodcast. The idea is that I just talk about one topic for an extended period. So it's not little bits. Now, let me tell you right off the bat, I fucking hate the Olympics. Like, I despise everything about the Olympics because of all the things they say they're supposed to do or going to do or what it represents. They don't do any of that. And it, it bothers me to no end. And that's something that I can't get past. So I've always kind of disliked the Olympics, but as I get older and more grumpy, uh, it gets worse. I hate the Olympics more and more. So let me tell you why. And the first thing is the point. They say the point of the games is supposed to celebrate the pinnacle of amateur sport. So what they're saying is, you know, we're going to get the, the best people in the sports of the world and bring them together and they will compete in the spirit of unity and friendship, but we're going to categorize them by country, which is clearly not coming together in the spirit of sport and unity if you're immediately categorizing everybody. So fuck you. <laughs> I could just record that, clip that little bit, fuck you, and then just, just drop that in in the future. Cause I will constantly make a point and then follow that point up with fuck you <laughs> Olympics, because that is honestly how I feel. So the first thing I hate is that it's supposed to be amateurs, amateur athletes. Uh, and I think the Olympics would be better if it was. So why should they not have professional athletes in the Olympics? Maybe is one way of looking at it, but it is proposed as amateur athletes. So I read a story just last week that Naomi Osaka, who was having trouble uh, in France because she wasn't doing press. I was actually quite impressed by that, if I'm being honest. Uh, she has made it into the Olympics. She's like the number one seeded player in the world. So Osaka net worth. Let's just look at that first. Oh, bing. Oh, good Lord. $25 million in 2020. So Naomi Osaka is worth $25 million and she's supposed to be an amateur. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. She is beyond a professional. She's now hit the elite status of someone who has a team. She has trainers. She has access to things that just other people don't have access to. So if I'm an amateur tennis player, uh, let's say from the Middle East and I'm really good I'm, I have no chance against her. It's not that it's even unfair. It's just she has access to more stuff because she has 25 or $20 million, whatever that number was, $20 million, like a professional masseuse, a nutritionist. She's got people making sure she's at peak. What do I got? I got my cousin Omar. He's telling me that I should eat less of something. I it just gets silly after that because I have to make up a stupid scenario. But what it... There's two ways this is a problem because professional athletes have advantages over amateur athletes. 
the most disgusting display, and this is when I started hating the Olympics, was the American Dream Team. It was made up exclusively of professional basketball players. There wasn't an amateur in sight. Some of my friends have argued that there is, you know, for, let's say, Uzbekistan, because I think that's the country that actually I'm talking about, a, a amateur basketball player from Uzbekistan. His dream would be to play against Kobe Bryant or someone like that. And I think that's true. I think it would be their dream to play against someone of that professional level. But what I saw was a professional basketball player jump over the head of like a seven-foot Uzbekistani guy and dunk on him, like with his nuts in his face. And that's not really a game anymore. It's just professionals beating the shit out of amateurs. This would be very similar to just me going around and beating kids at games. There's no real glory in that. And it was a foregone conclusion that these guys were going to take gold like from the start, there wasn't even really a question. So I stopped watching it really soon. I saw some highlight clips and that's where I saw him jump over another human being and dunk, which is ridiculous. It's awful and it should not happen because those Uzbekistani guys, probably university students for the most part, they were amateurs. And if they had played against American amateurs, probably other university students, that actually probably would have been a pretty good game, but the Uzbekistanis would have had a chance to win. And no country was going to beat the dream team because they were professional athletes playing primarily amateur athletes. Naomi Osaka is a professional athlete. She shouldn't be pitted against amateurs who haven't worked up to that level yet. The Olympics is supposed to be a stepping stone towards professionalism. Now, I have done judo my whole life. There aren't a lot of professional judo people except in Japan. So the ones who come from other countries... They're not, I guess if you're on the Olympic team, you're probably doing that. But we need a definition of what amateur is. And an amateur should not have made $20 million from their sport. Now, judo is a poor sport. I mean, uh, the richest judo guy I ever met had a beer commercial. And so he made all the money off the beer commercial. He wasn't making it off judo particularly. It was cool. Uh, but honestly, once he started making that money off the beer commercial... I don't think he should have been considered an amateur anymore and he shouldn't have been allowed to go to the Olympics. I don't think he would have argued with me. So how do you solve this problem? Well, the first thing is, I would say an amateur, if they're an adult, if they're going full-time university, uh, there are schools in Japan where you could actually study judo. So I'd actually be really tempted to call them out and say, that's not really fair. You can't study judo and then uh, still be considered an amateur. Because if that's become your course of study, you're not really an amateur in it anymore. So I would say you have to have a 40-hour job or have a full-time education and you have to actually be attending classes. Then you're an amateur. Anything beyond that, maybe you need to get it judged, but I would say anything beyond that. So you have a 40-hour job and practice your sport. You have a full-time education, and uh, but not studying the thing you study. So the ice hockey uh, Canada, of course, dominates. It's, it's an it's a ice hockey country. Russia also does. And it turned out their team one year were all in the military, but the only thing they did in the military was play ice hockey. So that's, as far as I'm concerned, a professional team because they spend more time playing hockey than they do anything else. If you spend more time doing your sport than you do working, then you're not an amateur anymore. So that would have gotten around that. So they, they actually, they, what they were doing was trying to put professionals in 
then Canada just went ahead and said, like, well, if we're doing this, we're just going to put our professional hockey players into, uh, into the Olympics. And again, they just dominated. Which brings up a second point. If you have professionals in, professionals quite often come from rich countries with more resources. And it means those rich countries win more often. And that's also unfair. So what I would like to see is some sort of leveling the playing field. So if X amount of money is put into their program, I think those rich countries should put, have to put the same amount of money into a program in a poorer country. That would make it more fair. It's not going to be perfect, but if I'm going to spend a million dollars on my university athletes, I should spend a million dollars on Uganda's, hey, I'm really into the U countries today, into Uganda's professional athletes. And give them a chance. Give them a boost up. Try to help out other people. That would be more in spirit with the Olympics. But it's not because it's countries like America uh, who want to say, we won the most medals. But of course you fucking did, you fucking idiots. You have all the money that you put into your athletes that other countries just don't have. So it's not fair. So you didn't really win those medals. It's actually how I feel. When a rich country wins medals, I am not impressed. I'm not pleased and I'm not happy about it. My support always goes to countries that are essentially poor. If they come up out of nowhere and win, I'm just overjoyed. One of my favorite stories is Afghanistan's first medal. It was a silver medal in Taekwondo. And the guy, his Taekwondo uh, dojo, I actually don't know the Korean for dojo, but it's the place where his practice place, practice studio, his Taekwondo uh, practice studio it was blown up probably by Americans. Uh, but it was blown up and he practiced in the street with his cousin or his brother or something. He went to the Olympics and he won a silver medal. It doesn't matter that it wasn't gold. It, he won, he went all the way and it was incredibly impressive. And of course he's a hero when he goes back to his country because he's done something that no one else could do. And I mean, you have all these other people in the sports. They, they couldn't do the same thing. He had the spirit of the Olympics. So I, I say good on him. India's, I believe it was their first gold medal was in air gun shooting, which I didn't actually even know was a sport. Uh, I did a, I made a quiz for my company uh, and I looked up a bunch of like countries, first medals and countries, first gold medals and stuff. And those, it's, it's the smaller countries, and it's just a more impressive. If you look at the story behind it, it's always more impressive, the story. So Japan wins all the judo gold medals. I'm not particularly impressed by that because they're not generally amateurs fighting actual amateurs. So like the guy from uh, Norway who has a full-time job and practices judo on the side, the fact that he gets a bronze against two Japanese guys who took silver and gold who do nothing else but do judo and this is supposed to be amateur, that's bullshit. Fuck you. <laughs> Drop that clip. I really do want to start clipping certain things I say and then just drop them in so I don't have to say them over and over again. Because you're going to get the one good take, the, the perfect, fuck you, the, the perfect one. And that's going to go out. And that is going to be the one that I, I want to use instead of saying it again. I just without the same enthusiasm or something. Now, the only workaround I could find for my own plan because, of course, I am a thorough planner, is you could have athletes who, like, run a gym and then they train for whatever their thing is, you know, during gym time. But I would say if they actually run the gym, if you can actually prove that you do all the work in the gym, like you maintain the machines and you clean stuff and you do the books and whatnot, I would actually say that's okay because that would be enough time away from the sport that maintains amateur status. 
It gets re- that to me is when it would get gray because you get guys like, oh yeah, I'm a runner and I run. I have uh, I'm trying to think of something. You run a, a shoe store, but actually, running a shoe store would probably take forty hours a week. So I bet that would be fun. But you can see where I'm going. Countries would try to find ways to put people in positions where they could still just practice all the time, but still claim that they were working. And that, that is not very fair. I, I should be the arbiter of that. The Olympics should hire me and be the arbiter of who is a professional and who is, cause I would sit down with go Naomi Osaka. I go, Hey, uh, did you get endorsements from Nike? And she would go, yeah. I go, well, pfft, not really an amateur then, are you? Oh, but that's like advertising. That's not, you know, from my sport. Oh yeah. So the uh, French open, how much money did you make from that? Uh, and then she would have to say a number and it would be way more than my salary. So screw you. You're, you're not, you're not an amateur. You're done. I quite like it. Naomi Osaka and the stuff she's been saying lately. So I don't want to put like a negative, like I have a problem with her. I have a problem with the Olympics. They're letting her in. She has all the right to take advantage of the system that's placed in front of her. I, I actually agree with that. So the athletes are not at fault here. It's the Olympic committee and the rules of the Olympics that are at fault because Given the opportunity to take advantage of a situation and you say no, that's very noble, but it doesn't mean it's wrong to do it. And the Olympics is one where basically no one gets hurt. So I'm, I'm as less offended by that. I'm less offended by the athletes going to the Olympics to like raise their brand. So the second part that breaks the spirit of the Olympics, the coming together in unity, is that you compete for countries. So I had a great plan for team sports. For team sports, so let's just choose baseball. Baseball's been reintroduced to the Olympics this year, so let's choose baseball. You choose, so you're America, you choose the members for your Olympic baseball team, but they do not play for America. They and every other baseball team, so it would be Japan and Cuba and all the sort of big baseball countries who want to compete in this, they all get put into a pool. And new teams are made that are mixed. It isn't an American team. It isn't a Japanese team. It isn't a Cuban team. It is just Team A. Maybe give them a name. I don't know. Let them worry about that. But Team A, it's chosen by lottery. So if you go back to the dream team and the Uzbekistani kid who got dunked on with a pair of nuts in his face, he would have the opportunity not to play against his hero. He would actually have the opportunity to play with his hero. Because it would be like an Uzbekistani guy and a Korean guy and an American dream team member and a Japanese guy. And then the Japanese guy and the Korean guy don't get along because of history. But then really what you would have is what the Olympics says it's about coming together. So the team, there would be language difficulties. They all know how to play the sport. They all know the rules. So that's actually not a problem. They would all know their positions. So you wouldn't need to teach them anything because they are at that level. They're at the Olympic level athlete. Now you have a team that if they can overcome the language differences, if they can overcome adversity, if they can come together as an actual team, they are going to win. And that is a more inspirational story than the Americans who had all the money won and had all the training and stuff and used all their professional athletes who all have like 20 mil, 30 million dollars homes and stuff. I'm not, yeah, yeah. It just goes back to like, how is that an impressive feat? America takes all the golds, but they've put all the money into their athletes that other countries just don't have. The American would be in a position to teach his teammates. Maybe he would learn some stuff from his teammates. They would have to learn how to communicate. That, to me, would be the thing that actually would differentiate one team from another. The team that comes together and learns how to differentiate, uh, learns how to communicate so that they can work together more efficiently. That would be the team that's going to win the Olympics for whatever sport this is. It only really works for team sports. So there's water polo and uh, bobsled, I guess, is a team sport because they got like three guys in that. 
um, beach volleyball. <laughs> there are a lot of weird sports in the Olympics. Uh, my wife gets terribly offended when I watch the beach volleyball because I really enjoy the beach volleyball. This plan only works for team sports. When you get into individual sports, you get a different problem. And the problem there is that, again, they're representing countries. And so I need, I think you should take that away. The spirit of the Olympics isn't about countries anymore. And the tally of golds is always a problem to me because the tallying of golds is really saying like, look, we won the golds. But if you look at the countries that win all the golds, it is all those rich countries. Right. And again, that's not an impressive feat. That's just something that happened. Individual athletes should not compete under a flag. So when they have player come out, uh, there should be no flag on them. Uh, there should be nothing to, to represent a nation because at that point they're now representing themselves. I also think the Olympics should not have medals because that goes against the spirit of the Olympics. If this is about sport and the purity of sport, then you don't need to have a medal. You're just trying to do your best. So you have competition sports. Like again, I'm really into judo. The competition aspect of judo makes it very clear who wins because it's the guy standing up at the end. He's the winner of the sport. But you can see that the spirit of it, the medal itself should be irrelevant. And that's something that people have a real problem letting go of is what is the goal of competition? Because the goal of competition would be to better yourself, uh, to improve and strive and all those other things that people say, but they don't really believe. What they really think is, if I get all the medals, I'm the best in the world. But really, if you think about, like, let's say swimming, Michael Phelps has all those medals. Uh, he swam at a consistent pace, which is impressive because it's faster than everyone else. They never talk about the guy who improved the most, which is, again, not something that people think about. But the guy who went into the Olympics and beat his own time, his own personal best, he's had the most significant improvement. Why are we not acknowledging that at all? That should be acknowledged in the Olympics if you really care about sport and uh, achieving, you know, the pinnacle of sports and whatnot. So there's my, there are no teams representing countries. You mix the people into uh, different teams. Uh, there are no individuals competing for countries. There are no more medals. And I'm hoping that this way, the people, because when people watch the Olympics, they actually like start supporting their country. So when I meet Japanese people and they're watching a sport, they want the Japanese person to win. But Why? the Japanese person might not be the best person or might not be the most inspirational. Uh, I, again, because I hate the Olympics and everything it, it involved in it, um, I never really care about countries. Like they say, I was born in the UK. I grew up in Canada. I live in Japan. Which country do I support? I support the country that has the most interesting situation. That is actually usually, I usually want the least likely person to win. That it is the most exciting part for me. I have a friend who had another interesting idea. And it's, uh, instead of having, this falls a bit on the side of the Olympics where I disagree with because it doesn't actually follow the spirit of the Olympics the way it was defined. But he said, instead of having like someone for each sport, your country should choose one athlete and they should essentially compete in every sport. So you would have to reduce the amount of sports. But you could still do it over two weeks. So you could have like every day there's a different sport. So yeah, the first day is going to be uh, like some track and field. So shot put I've always enjoyed. Or the one where they spin around one and they throw the disc. 
I actually don't remember what that's called. Shot puts when you like throw a bowling ball. And so you would want to choose the most well-rounded athlete. So not going to be perfect at any one sport. So like I've done judo my whole life. I can tell you right now, I would be a very weak runner. So maybe I could win in the fighting, wrestling, judo aspects of the Olympics if you did it this way. But I would probably lose in the running, swimming. I could do mediocre in swimming, but I would lose at the running for sure. If they had bicycle riding, I would be at the back of the pack, but I would survive. So maybe that's enough. Maybe I'm well, I, we calculate, okay, he's going to lose this, this, and this, but you probably win this, this, and this. We'll put him in. And do that from every country. And then you would get a more interesting pool of athletes competing against each other in such a way as to make a more interesting pool for the Olympics. And again, you wouldn't really be supporting a country so much. Like, yes, everyone would be representing a country in a way, but at the same time, it's really more about them and can they overcome a bunch of different things that they aren't able to do really naturally. Because everyone's going to kind of specialize, but is it enough? Because I look at biathlon, uh, cross-country skiing, a sport I hate, and shooting a gun, something I've never done, it seems impossible to me. That impossibility makes that sport more fascinating. And then let's say I was the Olympic representative for whatever country, and I, I do judo, so I beat all the other guys in judo, but then we go over to the biathlon, I'm just trash, but I'm trying really hard. That might be inspirational in itself. So that, that's actually, I think, a neat idea. The last thing I hate about the Olympics, and this is maybe my most controversial opinion on the Olympics, is that any sport with an artistic judge is not a sport. Now, people always get really angry because they're like, oh, but like that includes figure skating and gymnastics and a lot of other things. Those are really hard. I'm like, yes, but there's lots of things that are hard. That doesn't mean they're sports. Dance, I'm sorry to have to say, is not a sport. Figure skating is not a sport. It's dancing on ice. I'm not saying I could do it. I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm not saying they're not peak physical condition. Uh, I'm saying it's not a sport. Because when you have a judge who is sitting there and saying that wasn't beautiful enough, you're now residing on the side of opinion. And if you're residing on the side of opinion of a judge, it's actually not a sport anymore. Um, you could make those into sports and it would be very easy because what you do, so figure skating, it's actually one of the ones I hate the most, but it's only because I grew up in Canada in winter. It was either hockey, figure skating. You just switch the channels. It was hockey, figure skating, hockey, figure skating, hockey, figure skating. And I, I never enjoyed either of those sports. So I didn't want to watch them, but it meant there was nothing on TV for me to watch. So figure skating. To make it a sport, what you do is you have two figure skaters on the ice. And I make jokes like then they attack each other and fight. But fighting is the purest competition because it's always very clear when someone's a winner. But that's how I define a lot of things in my life. So to make it a sport, you have two people and then you flip a coin. So it's pretty fair. Whoever goes first, that person doesn't move. And then the second person doesn't move. And then the first person does two moves. And then the second person does two moves. And they basically go back and forth until someone falls down. And that's the loser. And it could come down to stamina. It could come down to mastery of the moves. It could come down to complexity. Um, if I can do a triple backflip and you can't, I'm going to win at least that section. My next opponent chooses moves that uh, just go on forever and ever and ever. And I don't have the stamina. And that's and how I end up losing. There's strategy involved there. 
you need to know your opponents and stuff. And that makes it a sport. And that can be done for almost anything. Gymnastics, the same thing. I do a move, they do a move, I do a move until someone messes up one of the moves. Now you have a clear winner. When the winning of a sport comes down to the French judge thought it was really pretty, I don't think you have a sport anymore. What you have is an opinion of people. And opinions are incredibly biased because, of course, the French judge is going to give the artistic points to the French player and not the Americans and stuff like that. So that's, again, they're not even in the game, but they're making these decisions that actually win or lose the game. And that's why I think those are not really sports. So this, oh, 2024... In France, they want to put breakdancing into the Olympics. And I would like to see the rules because I'm, again, I don't think breakdancing is a sport. I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm not saying I could do it. I'm not saying it's not, those guys aren't incredible athletes. What I am saying is it's not a sport. So if it's not a sport, then it shouldn't be in the Olympics. And it's like everyone wants to get their stuff in the Olympics. There's a lot of, every couple of years, uh, chess wants to get it in. But again, that's not a sport. It's a game. And you might go, ah, uh, it, it's because it's a mental thing, not a physical thing. And actually, I think the Olympics and sports and stuff are physical. That's pretty much it. That was 27 minutes of why I hate the Olympics. <laughs> I recorded Ninja News Japan this morning. And Ninja News Japan this morning was a lot of the Olympic stuff. And it ended off with a judo lady uh, saying, she's on the Japanese Olympic Committee. And just saying, like, everyone's been misled by this. Uh, everyone, it, And she's like, on the committee to make the Olympics happen. And she's like crapping on all the people in charge, which I quite enjoyed, but it really got me going uh, because yeah, the Olympics overall is conceptually garbage. I think it's a nice idea. And I think it would be, if they stuck to the things they say, it would be good, but they don't. And so it's gotten incredibly bullshit. <laughs> Yes, I think everyone's heard this before if you've met me in real life around the Olympics time. But I figured it should be recorded for posterity. Uh, and if it's recorded for... Then I don't have to actually... I don't have to tell this story again. I, if I just remember this episode number, I can just go, hey, listen to see me be episode whatever and don't talk to me ever again. I think that might be why I'm doing podcasts so that I can just stop talking to people and just reference podcasts and tell them to go listen to that. Uh, eventually... I will do a podcast and never speak to anyone again. What Sean has just posted in the chat is your kids will have quite the trip listening to these podcasts in 2040. I assume that's when I'm dead. You can, when I die, actually play most of my thoughts and ideas, which is be a weird way to eulogize me. So they'd be like, hey, here's some dumb shit Peter said when he was alive. And you could actually play it and my voice would come out. I was thinking about recording messages to my family for when I die. Uh, but I figured I couldn't do it seriously enough. So that's, it's tough. Cause this is a way of, you know, it's a record. I would like to, I should actually go back and, and listen to things I've said in the past. I actually wonder if I still agree with stuff I said at the beginning, like three, four years ago. I realize if I sat up straight more, I don't know how far away I am from the microphone. You, you lose the top part where the, my shine, cause I, I do a lot of this and then there, wait, wait, there it is. The shiny bit right there, I've noticed. But this is the angle when I record is I lean on my side and I talk into the microphone. So I talk past the microphone so you don't get the, the plosives, you don't get the P's into the microphone. But you get that one spotlight on my forehead. So I should sit like this. 
I could get one of those ring lights and then you'd see a little ring right there, which would be interesting. 